T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We have all had to deal with driving in winter weather conditions. Uh, The cold, the ice, uh, the snow, it has been tough uh, this winter, and we've still got a long way to go. It's not even February yet, and of course uh, March is a very snowy month as well, and we can get some storms in April. And we thought we'd bring in one of my favorite guests and uh, he is the director of office, uh, or the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, Mike Hansen, a longtime state trooper. Mike, good to visit with you. Hey, Steve. Thanks again for uh, having me back on. And, and boy, if you're going to call me a favorite, that, that's setting the bar pretty high here. I'm going to have well, to really come through for you today. Well, it, it's always enjoyable to visit with you. And uh, most of us uh, drive on the roads here in Minnesota. And if And if you're not a driver... Uh, chances are you're a passenger on the roads. And the one thing I have observed so far in this winter driving season, people are driving way too fast in difficult driving conditions, Uh, snow-covered roads. Um, I I know full-time four-wheel drive gives you a sense of stability and confidence, but I, I, Mike, frankly, I've just been appalled by what I've seen on the roads. You know, that's a great point, Steve. And when you talk about, you know, all-wheel drive or full-time four-wheel drive or anything like that, you're right. That does give you more stability, more control, but it doesn't give you any more ability to stop than anything else out there, especially when you're dealing with, uh, you know, a snow or ice-covered road conditions. There's only so much friction to go around. Um, and, yeah, you might be able to get your speed up, but you're not going to be able to get your speed down any quicker. And so, you know, if there's one core message I would share with all of your listeners, um, and this is just, you know, upper Midwest Minnesota winter drive driving common sense is that we have to slow down. Speed limits are speed limits, and they're set for ideal conditions. But there's another provision in Minnesota law that requires the drivers always drive with due care. And that means that they pay attention to the existing road and weather conditions as well as the existing traffic conditions and everything else that's going on that affects traffic flow. So while the posted speed limit is one thing, due care is something that's completely separate but just as important. Mike, uh, speed has been a concern on our roads for a long time. I know we uh, have been talking for a number of years, but uh, particularly uh, since COVID-19 settled in, and we're we're going on a couple of years here, hard to believe, and there there was nobody on the roads. But I was still going into my job uh, in the drive from northern Hennepin County down to Eden Prairie uh, every day, and even though there were fewer people on the roads, 
that there were people driving ridiculously fast, uh, not even in winter driving conditions, weaving in and out of the traffic 80, 90 miles an hour. And no matter what the road conditions are, it seems as though excessive speed is still a major problem. It is. It is by far and away the leading factor in, in the increase in the number of fatalities that Minnesota experienced in 2020 um, and then even continuing and accelerating in 2021. We're sitting uh, right about 500 fatalities based on our preliminary numbers uh, for 2021 in Minnesota. That's a number we haven't seen since 2007. To, to give you some idea and some perspective how far back we have to go to see that kind of carnage taking place on Minnesota roads. And speed is by far and away the most significant uh, factor that we're seeing out there, along with other risk-taking behaviors like not wearing seatbelts and, and things like that. So um, it, it is. It's, it's a critical issue. And, you know, it's just it's kind of symptomatic of, of a lot of the challenges that we're facing as a society. You know, our transportation system and our roadway system is designed around the concept of shared responsibility and um, courtesy and kindness uh, behind the wheel. And we, we've really lost a lot of that. Not, not everybody and not even most people, but there is a, a subset of, of drivers now that are treating those roadways as their personal playground. Um, and that's wrong because they're putting themselves at danger, um, but they're putting everybody else that's trying to use that transportation system uh, in danger as well. And so we need to repair the social fabric, especially when it comes to our transportation system, that we need to be courteous, we need to be kind, we need to give the other guy a break, understand that none of us are perfect behind the wheel, and, you know, if somebody does make a minor mistake, well, we can't let that, you know, set us off and and wreck our whole day and, and lead to something else that none of us want to partake in. Well, and this goes back to something I learned in driver's ed a long, long time ago, a lot longer than I want to admit, but it is a privilege, not a right, and that that privilege can be taken away, and based on what I've seen, they're they're, they're just lunatics out on our roadways right now, and uh, we, we do get calls and texts from time to time, and and people are wondering, can they call that in, and the answer is absolutely you bet. Um, well, you know, law enforcement is extremely challenged, especially staffing-wise these days. I visit with many agencies across the state who are really struggling uh, to fill open positions uh, just because there are not uh, an adequate amount of qualified candidates out there. But if somebody does witness, you know, that real, uh, real severe, real crazy, dangerous driving behavior where if you really feel that unless something happens to intervene and stop that, that somebody's going to be hurt or killed, there is an exception in the cell phone law, or have your passenger pick up that cell phone and call 911. Give your location, give your direction of travel, give a description of the vehicle, and even the driver if possible, and then what you're seeing. Law enforcement will do the very best that they can to try and act on, on your information. Um, and if they have an officer in the area, trooper or deputy, whoever uh, is closest, they will absolutely try and intervene um, and, and stop that uh, behavior before it leads to that crash. Mike Hansen is joining us, and he is the director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety and is a former longtime trooper here in the state of Minnesota, so he has certainly seen it all. 
on our roadways. And by the way, if you have a question about rules of the road for Mike, uh, feel free to call or text 651-461-9226. He'll be uh, here through the end of the half hour in our weather break at 3.30. Once again, 651-461-9226. Here's a good one. I... I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you do. Um, it, it's probably not governed by a state law, but uh, what is the speed limit on gravel roads? Well, it, to a certain extent, that's going to depend on where it's at. Uh, for the most part, our township roads which and some county roads, which are gravel, um, sure. if they're unposted, it's going to be a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. But you also have to be aware that there are, are certain or certain areas, particularly where there's dense housing and things like that, where the local road authority does have the ability to lower that speed limit to 30. And so, um, you know, you, it, it's going to be one or the other in that that uh, that area. But again, you need to gravel is not a stable surface, and driving 55 miles an hour on gravel is something very different than driving 55 miles an hour on either asphalt or concrete. And so it's, it's a skill that needs to be developed. And for, well, like myself and, and many Minnesotans, we grew up in the country and, you know, driving on gravel roads, that's really where we kind of cut our teeth. Um, but there are many Minnesotans who don't have that experience. And so my advice for them would be to drive at a speed that is appropriate and that is comfortable for you. Um, and then until you build up those skill sets in order to uh, know how to react on a gravel road. Six five one four six one nine two two six for Mike Hansen today. Um, impaired driving is another factor in all of this, and uh, there's been a lot of public education. What do we know about impaired driving, and what do the statistics tell us here? Early in 2022, are we making headway? Are impaired drivers staying on the road, or is it as big a problem as it ever was? Well, it's it's a mixed bag, Steve. In, in the long term, um, you know, when I started in law enforcement in the, the early to mid 1980s, over half of the fatal crashes involved in alcohol impaired drivers. Today, we've 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 improved that if if we can use the word improve, but we've reduced that to about you know roughly 30 percent. So we've made good strides, and many Minnesotans. Uh, are making much better decisions uh, when it comes to making that 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 uh, decision to get behind the wheel after consuming, and there are so many other options out there now that were not around when you and I were growing up. You have Uber, you have Lyft, you have other rideshare programs, you have taxi cabs, but you also have the knowledge and the ability. And, and this is the most important part: is to make that plan ahead of time and then stick to it. That will keep everybody out of the back of a squad car, out of the back of an ambulance, or out of the back of a hearse. Statistically, uh, we're seeing a, a, a slight downturn in the number of impaired driving fatal crashes. So there, there's a little bit of a bright spot on the horizon, but we're just not sure yet because we haven't got a long, a long enough uh, time frame to look at that. But as we come out of the pandemic, we're really hoping that that trend continues. But one alcohol or one impaired driving death is too many. But while the alcohol-impaired arrests and alcohol-impaired crash rates appear fairly stable or maybe slightly decreasing, the real dark clouds on the horizon are the drug-impaired offenses that we're seeing across the state. 
And in the last couple of years, I was just visiting uh, with uh, one of the troopers who coordinates the state's drug recognition and evaluation program. Um, the number of drug-impaired driver arrests has gone up 94%. And so it, it's everything from the illegal drugs like the methamphetamine and the opioids and things like that that you hear about. But it's also prescription drugs. And people need to understand that when that label says do not operate heavy machinery, that includes your motor vehicle until you know how that prescription affects you. And then only drive when you know how it affects you and that, that you're, you're comfortable that you're not impaired. Because the, the, the model that we use is if you feel different, you will drive different. And so if you feel different, you should not drive. That's, that's the, 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 the basic message I would have when it comes to the impaired driving issues we're dealing with. Quick break. We'll come back with Mike Hansen in a moment. And one of the things we're going to talk about from the text line is uh, the uh, hands-free law, that, that you can't be talking and holding a cell phone while driving. We'll, we'll get Mike's thoughts on that. What does the law say? Uh, what is law enforcement observing in the field? We'll get into that in a moment here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. Well, that's great. Kerry Clatt, our producer. Mike Hansen, Director of the Office of Traffic Safety from the Department of Public Safety with Rules of the Road today. And we always get a number of texts and folks calling in. And we want to jump right into that. And the first one up, I see drivers holding cell phones while driving. Are law enforcement giving tickets or just warnings? And if they get a ticket, does that get reported to the insurance company? And, Steve, the caller is exactly correct. Uh, We do see uh, some folks who have slipped back into bad habits or, or who have not changed their behavior. In talking with law enforcement, and when I look at our statistics, crash base wise, you know, we are not seeing the same types of behaviors that we saw before the law went into effect. And so, again, for everybody, just as a refresher, um, the hands-free law simply means that, hands-free. The only way you can interact with that phone while you are driving a car is to use single-touch activation or voice activation. Um, you cannot have it in your hand. You cannot handle it. Uh, or anything like that. It needs to be out of your hands so that uh, you're not uh, distracted unnecessarily from the driving task. So while some have slipped back into or failed to change those habits, law enforcement, uh, to the extent that they are able, um, and when I talk with officers, they are handing out citations for that. And a first-time citation for a hands-free violation will run roughly $140 for the fine. It does go on your record, and your insurance company will find out. Now, for second and subsequent offenses, that fine goes up uh, when we add all the surcharges in, uh, and it's going to be uh, you know close to 300 bucks by the time everything is said and done. So, you know, the law is is strong. But it's very straightforward. It's easy to understand. But our, our advice is just simply put the phone in the glove compartment. There are very, 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 very few things that are that important that you can't wait until you get to your destination to engage with that phone and do whatever it is that you need to do with it. Mike Hansen is joining us. Uh, once again, Director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Rules of the Road. Uh, what have we seen? I know there have been some speed limit increases over the years, particularly on rural roads. Has there been a noticeable impact uh, to the numbers statistically? Has that, has that changed anything? Uh, 
Well, I think, you know, the speed limit uh, setting process, you know, that's a MnDOT and a legislative uh, prerogative. Sure. Um, and, you know, while we have seen some incremental increases in the speed limit over the last, oh, even eight to ten years uh, as, it, as it's uh, kind of gone up, um, we've seen average speeds increase, uh, you know, a little bit, but not significantly. But what we really saw starting in the pandemic is the uh, – the really significant speed violations and then those extreme speed violations. You know, when I was with the patrol, you know, if, if a trooper stopped somebody for over a hundred, you know, that was kind of a big deal. And, you know, if we go back five years, you know, troopers were probably writing 350 to 400 tickets per year for over 100. Um, this year it's going to be over 1200. Wow. And it's not unusual for troopers to, uh, have two or three over 100 violations in a single shift, which is really scary, uh, because that kind of speed, uh, there is just so much kinetic energy involved there that it, it, it just brings enough force that it's almost unsurvivable if a crash were to occur. Yeah, and vehicles today are safer than ever. I know you attend a lot of conferences and uh, meet with a lot of people. The manufacturers across the board, uh, you know, seatbelts have been around for a long time, seatbelt laws, but but airbags and other warning systems in these vehicles, crumple zones, et cetera, um, impacts are more survivable than ever so do you get the sense that, that people have a false sense of security since there are so many safety devices built into our vehicles today? I think that's a great point, Steve. Um, we do tend to, I think, get a bit complacent um, and maybe even over-reliant on some of those safety systems that our cars uh, are coming equipped with these days. But we have to remember that, that, that the core, the foundation, the first thing that has to happen in order for any of those safety systems to work the way they're designed is the driver and everybody in that car has to have that seatbelt on. If that seatbelt is not engaged, you can have the safest manufactured car in the world. But if you bring enough energy into that cabin, which any highway speed collision will, um, your odds of survival go down significantly. So it starts and it ends with that seatbelt. Uh, but, yeah, the cars are engineered wonderfully. Um, they're easy to drive, which, you know, maybe that also lends itself to some of the speed issues that we're seeing out there. You know, unlike the 1965 Chevrolet Bel Air that I started with right. uh, without power steering or power brakes, where you really had to work to control the thing, um, you can drive cars now with a single finger. Um, it's just it's, it's that easy. So while it's easy to get complacent, Everybody still needs to give that task their full attention and, and make sure that they're being the best driver that they can be out there. Well, I just want to tell a quick story again. It's coming up on one year ago today that I was driving from my full-time job to announce a basketball game in Brooklyn Park and hit a scattered slippery spot. It had been lightly snowing all day on 694 near Boone Avenue. Laws control my old pickup truck and went head-on into the concrete wall between the eastbound lanes and the westbound lanes of 694. Uh, From talking to doctors, the tow truck driver, the people that saw my vehicle the day after, I am lucky to be alive, and it's because I was wearing my seatbelt and the airbag worked properly. Um, That that was the difference between life and death for me that night. So I am a big believer in uh, seatbelts and wearing your seatbelts, because that night, it clearly saved my life. 
No, Ed, that's a great point, and I'll just put a, an exclamation point on that. When I was a trooper, you would roll up to some crashes, and you'd look at these completely demolished cars, and you would think nobody survived this, and then everybody's walking around without a scratch. On the other side of the equation, you'd walk up with two one uh, that wasn't damaged very badly at all. The interior compartment was completely untouched, and then we wind up putting somebody in a body bag simply because they did not have that seatbelt on. Yeah. And a scary incident, I'll never forget it. I wasn't doing anything wrong, just hit the dreaded scattered slippery spot, which can happen at any time in driving conditions. And, you know, a quick reminder on that, because we still have a long way to go in winter. It's going to get cold again. We're going to get more snow. Um, in, in all your experience, Mike, once again, what is the best advice you can give motorists in winter driving conditions? Slow down, make sure your car has good tires on it, um, and the rest of your uh, safety equipment works the way that it should, meaning your, your lights work, your windshield wipers, all of that. Check the forecast, plan ahead, don't drive if you don't have to, slow down. All right, Mike, always good to visit with you. Our time goes so quickly, and hopefully we can do it again. You bet, Steve. I always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. All right, there he is, Mike Hanson, once again, uh, the director of the Office of Traffic Safety with the Minnesota Department of Public Safety with Rules of the Road. And and once again, it's great to have Mike on because I, I don't have as long a commute is it because my full-time job moved a lot closer to where I live, so I, I don't have the, the brutally long commute anymore. But I see some ridiculous driving out there. And once again, I, I'm i willing to drive, drive the speed limit, drive with traffic, and so on and so forth. But but there, there are some people out there that are just driving flat out way too fast and way too aggressively. So uh, thanks again to Mike for joining us. 3.31, we'll take a break. We'll have the weather, and we'll segue into a big sports Saturday. Tom Brady has called it a career. The greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, six Super Bowl wins with New England, one with Tampa Bay, is retiring. We'll get into that and, of course, the Vikings head coaching search and much more. Matthew Collar from Purple Insider will join us in a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCL. Well, it was reported first by ESPN, Tom Brady calling it a career. And I've spied a conflicting report from Bally Sports that's saying, well, not so fast. Uh, (laughs) So uh, everyone uh, singing the praises of Tom Brady and what a career in seven Super Bowls. Uh, Maybe it's not so fast. Uh, Right now, uh, Matthew Collar joining us, Purple Insider. And, uh, Matthew, I, I, I'm sure you're keeping an eye on it as well about Tom Brady. And it was like, okay, this is it. He's called it a career. And now uh, I just saw something a moment ago that says, well, maybe not so fast. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Tom Brady is uh, maybe out of the country and uh, hasn't, um, or might not even have awareness necessarily of the fact that the entire Internet is talking about his retirement. I mean, I... I still think that he's probably going to retire. My guess is that it just wasn't supposed to be out there because he probably wanted to do 
a big announcement himself. And instead, you know, it kind of got leaked out there. So now they have to say, well, you know, uh, we don't know yet. Let's wait and hear from him. But I think that this is probably what's happening, especially since Brady said on a recent podcast that his family has kind of uh, grown tired of, you know, his NFL career and everything else. And he's 44. (laughs) So, I mean, um, you know, and he's also still an MVP candidate. So, uh, you know, it's all—it's like going out on top makes a lot of sense for Tom Brady rather than continuing to play. But uh, until it's final, uh, you know, it's not final. Yeah, and what, what was so strange uh, about all of this is I thought, okay, wins the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay just shy of a year ago. So he's got the six in New England, the one without Belichick in Tampa. He has absolutely nothing to prove. That would have been the time to say, yep, I'm done, drop the mic, walk off the stage. They came back, and it looked like they had a really good shot to at least get back to the Super Bowl. And then the offensive line got pretty beat up in that win over the Eagles down at Raymond James Stadium. And they were just really never able to get rolling, even though they had that miraculous comeback against the Rams before ultimately falling uh to uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and the field goal kicker late in that game. T- terrific game, by the way. But still, you know, Brady playing pretty well for a guy who's been around that long. Yeah, I mean, their passing offense was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Brady led the league in passing yards at 44 years old, which is just insane to think about. And even that last game, they get down and Brady does what Brady does, bringing them all the way back to tie the game and like you said the defense let them down at the very end there and uh, they, they didn't win and go on to a Super Bowl but I mean I think Brady proved that coming back was the right decision it gave him another chance to win another one which is just um, you know it's pretty wild to think about for somebody at his age with so much success um, so I, I guess probably see why uh, there would be an argument to come back after he had all that you know success this year but um, eventually everybody has to call it quits. And I think that Brady also probably saw, and, and I know Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in his finest year, but, or final year, but Peyton Manning really struggled in that last year and yep. just so happened to land on the number one defense in the NFL that season. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he wanted to avoid that as well, that he didn't want to have that one year too long. And, and this year um, he did not have that. So he kind of goes, he goes out on top even though he didn't win another Super Bowl in his last year. That's if he does retire. You could put Big Ben in that category, hung around a year too long. Maybe two. Yep, yep. absolutely. Totally agree. Um, and uh, Big Ben's replacement could be Kirk Cousins. More on that later. No, I, um, <laughs> The Kirk Cousins speculation in a moment. Uh, the Vikings have a general manager. That was announced this week. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, his background in the game and his background outside of the game and uh, trying to hang well, you know, he, he's a stat nerd and he's into the analytics and so on and so forth. Um, and he, he spent a lot of time trying to separate himself from, from that. I don't know that handle, if you will, that he's just a stats guy. Yeah, no, and you're right that it was very interesting, and and I don't think you would see this in other sports like basketball or baseball, that an executive would try to separate themselves from an analytics label. I mean, with baseball and basketball, those are so accepted that if somebody did an introductory press conference and said that they they didn't like being called the analytics guy, I think everyone would be confused, but 
you know, I think it sort of shows a little bit of where football is at, that uh, Quasi Adolfo Mensa is really the first hiring of his kind. There are other general managers with a salary cap background or a football operations background, but not a Wall Street and Princeton and Stanford background like uh, Adolfo Mensa has. And what he was trying to get across is that the way that he wants to run the front office is just based on, you know, based on research and based on taking all angles to make a decision rather than just going with gut feel, which I think when you explain it that way, um, is as opposed to using analytics, which I think a lot of people just kind of shut down when you, when you say that, um, in part because it could be kind of esoteric or like, what does it really mean? And, and that sort of thing. So you try to explain what it means is combining scouting and numbers and studies and research to just, you know, shine as much light on any decision that they possibly can, which I think makes a lot of sense. Now, where he's facing a, a difficult thing here is, you know, you can, uh, use all the analytics you want and everything else, but if they get the quarterback decision wrong, which you alluded to, uh, then none of that's really going to matter, right? So, I mean, it's, it's very, it, it'll be very, um, you know, quick that Adolfo Mensa has to start making very difficult decisions. And I think that he kind of has to be, what I wrote is ruthless a little bit from the beginning and not have any sacred cows on the roster. And he might have to make some decisions that are based on his gut feel, even though he wants to do all this stuff with numbers and process and everything else. Yeah, and I, I use an example here on the local sports scene, and I, I think it's apt. Now, Bill Guerin is a guy who uh, played in the league and, you know, paid his dues after his playing career was over, and you'd almost call him an old-school hockey guy. But what Bill Guerin did with this Minnesota Wild roster is he found a way to get Kirill Kaprizov in here, which, which you could say a franchise quarterback. He can make that. They, they've got, you know, a, a guy to build around in Kaprizov. And then he also had the permission from the owner, Craig Leopold, to pretty much blow it up around him. So he gets Caprizov, off, Parisi and Suter are gone, and he's completely remaking the Minnesota Wild on the fly. And you have to wonder if the Wilfs have turned the keys over to the new general manager in that same way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, a really good comparison with Bill Guerin, where he had to look at the roster and say, you know what, I know that everybody likes these guys, and yep. you know, there's a lot of jerseys in the stands that say Zach Parisi on them, but it's just not the right thing for our team to have him here anymore. And so they moved on. And then there could be a lot of those types of decisions here with people beyond just Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think that... Um, I, I can't say any fan base is ever a consensus on anything, but I think that a lot of Vikings fans want a whole new direction in, in every way, not just the general manager and, and coach, but also at the quarterback position as well. So I think that he's in a favorable position there. Where it might be less favorable is if he has to cut Daniel Hunter, which is something that's on the table because of the way his contract is set up, or if he decides to trade Dalvin Cook because running backs just aren't worth what Delvin Cook is about to get paid over the next couple of years, then things could be a little more tricky, I guess, um, if he has to make unpopular decisions right away. But as you said, I mean, you, you can't worry too much about the popularity of decisions. Um, you have to just pick your direction and go that way. Matthew Collard joining us from Purple Insider. They cover the Vikings year-round online. They have a podcast as well. Uh, he and company do uh, a, a lot of work and, and follow this team very closely. Next job, head coach. A lot of rumors 
Jim Harbaugh, the latest, hottest rumor. The Michigan coach coached in the NFL with the 49ers. Uh, There's always this linkage that uh, Harbaugh and Adolfo Mensa spend some time together. Uh, So so there's that. Uh, But my sense is, and a lot of people I've talked to said, probably their leading candidate is still coaching this weekend. What's your thoughts at this moment on who the next head coach could be? Yeah, you know, the uh, the Jim Harbaugh thing, I mean, do you interview Jim Harbaugh if you don't plan to hire him would be my question. I mean, that's, that just seems like the, unless Jim Harbaugh is only taking this interview to get more money out of Michigan, um, it feels like that's that's really real. Now, that doesn't mean that they'll be able to come to an agreement, and the one thing about Jim Harbaugh is if you hire him as your coach, your whole team becomes about Jim Harbaugh. Um, he because of his celebrity uh, that you know everything is going to be about him. But at the same time, I mean, this is a guy that won a lot of football games as a head coach of the San Francisco 49ers and has won a lot of football games as Michigan's head coach um, as well. I mean, so he's had a lot of success and had a long NFL career before. So it's not like you'd be bringing in somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. And there is the natural connection there, but. You know, really, I, I mean, aside from that, that's only just a guess that if you're bringing in Harbaugh that you actually are going to pull that trigger. But, I mean, other than that, it seems like it's pretty wide open if Adolfo Mensa didn't have that plan from the very beginning, that he was going to get the job and then bring Harbaugh with him. Um, otherwise, I mean, they just interviewed someone else, Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator from the Giants today. And he's a, he's a good candidate, too. The Giants' offense has been bad, but their defense has been quite good. And he's sort of been known as a, as a riser in, in head coaching circles, too. So, I mean, really, it's, it could go any way, honestly. I mean, there's, there's so much sort of swirling at the moment that we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, and uh, what, what about that theory that their, their number one candidate is coaching this weekend? Do you buy that? I mean, it's possible. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just when it, I would have said yes to that if they hadn't, if there wasn't a report that they were interviewing Jim Harbaugh, because yeah, now it feels go. like it's Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, because as soon as that's out there, that just like spreads like wildfire. I mean, I'm seeing it right now. Every time I refresh my Twitter page, it's a hundred <laughs> new tweets about Jim Harbaugh. Right. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if you open that Pandora's box unless you are willing to actually go down that road, but. I mean, several of the people that they've interviewed, D'Amico Ryans, Raheem Morris, um, Kevin O'Connell, like, yeah, there's a lot of people that are coaching this weekend that could still be it, um, but it really seems like it could go any direction at this point. All right, Matthew Collard joining us, Purple Insider. One thought beyond that, and you continue to hear, well, Aaron Rodgers could very likely be in the move, and you got the Lions, well, they're the Lions, and you got the Bears, they're starting over, and you've got the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They're not any good. You know, maybe it's a situation where the Vikings keep Kirk Cousins and they have Dalvin Cook and they have Justin Jefferson and they have Adam Thielen and they fix the offensive line and they get a couple guys on defense and they can win the division. What about that theory? Yeah, I don't really understand that theory because you don't put up – a banner or have a parade for winning the NFC North at nine and eight. I mean, they're not going to be a good enough team to compete for the Super Bowl next year because you could say, well, what if they do this or that? But the problem is they don't have a whole lot of money to do this or that. 
so the roster that you have, if you keep Kirk Cousins, is kind of the roster that you're going to have. So if you win one more game than last year, two, even two more games, are you a Super Bowl competitor? The answer is probably not because there are still – Going into next year, going to be some really, really strong teams in the NFC, and the Vikings wouldn't really be one of them. So if you, I mean, if you if you sacrifice a long term play to try to win the division next year, I mean, how would that be any different than what they were just doing? Also, the Packers weren't even really the problem, right? Like they they did fine against the Packers the last couple of years. They just weren't good enough against everybody. I mean. That's, I, I just feel like that sort of logic is very bizarre to me. I mean, it, could I see them saying that's that's what they think as far as ownership? Yeah, because I, I don't have a good sense for the Wilfs and what they think in terms of how quickly this thing should kind of get back on track. But um, if they think they're only a few pieces away, I would look at the defense and say, show me how. Show me how. Because I count seven or eight different positions on this team that need to be completely overhauled. Um, that, to me, does not scream short-term, get right back up to the top. Matt, do you always good to visit with you. How do people uh, subscribe to Purple Insider and get all the content you guys create? Sure. You can go to uh, purpleinsider.substack.com, which is where you get our newsletter, or uh, the Purple Insider podcast that comes out daily. And I may have to do an emergency one here based on the Jim Arbaugh news. Yeah, and is there something that's broken the last few minutes? Or uh, no, just that he's interviewing with the Vikings, um, according yeah. to Pro Football Talk. But you know, that's, yeah. that's that's worth an emergency podcast alone. Yeah, for for sure, because the Harbaugh rumors are are certainly out there. You're absolutely right. All right, uh, great to visit with you, Matthew. Thanks. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, and uh, he joins. Chad Hartman during the week. He'll visit with Henry Lake, and he's very generous with his time here on Saturdays as well, and his colleague Sam Ekstrom from Purple Insider, good enough to join us as well. We will come back. We will talk about the title games in a moment. Uh, Once again, a number of media reports, Tom Brady is retiring. Tom Brady saying not so fast, but now there's a bunch of activity on Twitter saying that's only because Brady wants to be able to control When he says he's done, (laughs) the drama continues. But it looks like Tom Brady is calling it a career. Nine minutes down, front of four, here at News Talk. E3LWCCO. I will watch football tomorrow, starting at 2, the AFC title game on CBS. Jim Nance, Tony Romo. I hope hope he keeps it under control a little bit. Uh, Even though that Kansas City-Buffalo game was was off the chain Cincinnati at Kansas City Kansas City favored by seven the over under 54 and a half now Carrie will you be watching football tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night I might it's the the golf is not on tomorrow right is the no, golf finishing golf, today golf ends today at yeah. Torrey Pines so yeah, no, no golf so today. So I can't watch my golf tomorrow. I love golf. I'm a big golf fan. Um, so I guess I'll be watching football. I'm sure yeah. I'll, I'll watch a little bit. Yeah, I like Kansas City at home. They're favored by seven. Kansas City has had a weird year where it's kind of like they were hanging around 500. They didn't have the division lead. They, they, they seem a bit disinterested. They weren't playing great offensively, but the performance. In that game against Buffalo, I think Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, the, the, they're starting to click. And 
even though I'm very impressed by Cincinnati being able to do what they did so far in the playoffs, including a a, a very physical win over Tennessee, the number one seed in Nashville. I like Kansas City to win and cover in the early game tomorrow. And then the late game, this will be the NFC title game at SoFi, the site of the Super Bowl. The Rams will have a chance for the second year in a row to play a home Super Bowl. Of course, Tampa Bay did it a year ago. Tom Brady led him to the victory. More on Brady in a moment before the news break. But uh, the L.A. Rams are favored by three and a half. But if there's been kryptonite for the L.A. Rams, it's been the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers can run the football. Sure, they have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, and, and he's average. He's an average NFL quarterback, middle of the pack. Is he the worst? No. Is, is he a top 10 guy? Absolutely not. Uh, but the 49ers are very physical on defense and can run the football. And with the Rams, while well, you have to be very impressed on what they did at Tampa Bay, not only building the big lead, but coming back after coughing up the big lead, and getting down the field with Stafford and Cup not once but twice to set up the game-winning field goal is pretty impressive. But I still think the 49ers give the Rams fits, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised if San Francisco pulls the upset. Rams win, it'll be very close, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco won that game straight up. So here I am predicting at SoFi in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, a little over two weeks away, it'll be Kansas City and San Francisco. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out tomorrow. Uh, more Tom Brady news. Uh, Kylan Mills uh, from a television station in the Bay Area tweeted this out about 30 minutes ago. Just in, Tom Brady Sr. tells KRON4 News that his son is not retiring. Brady Sr. says an online publication started circulating an unsubstantiated rumor. However, a number of NFL insiders are now reporting it. That's from Kylan Mills. So earlier it was Tom Brady is retiring, and now some are saying not so fast. So we'll continue to keep an eye on it. More on the Tom Brady story coming up at 4 from CBS. Al Shock in our newsroom. Then we'll go outdoors with Steve Carney. Uh, we'll talk MLB with Phil Miller. Players and owners scheduled to meet again. Andy Greeter covers the Gophers and the Loons later on in the program here on News Talk. E3OWCCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.